Beards for Radio. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Beards for Radio. I am Joe. And I am Sasha. And we got lots to get to on this episode. Uh, we got the new Star Wars trailer that came out since our last recording. Uh, we got the Pistons in the playoffs. But I want to start off with the best news out of Hockey Town in a long, long while. And that is uh, on Friday, Steve Eiserman officially being introduced as the new general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Yes, it's kind of um... – you know, you know, kind of prophetic in a way, dude, because it's it's the 19th of the month. Number 19 mm-hmm. comes back and in 2019. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, it's all around, man. It's just, it, it, you know, it was a prophesized. I don't know. I'm so glad he's back. And um, uh, <clears throat> I think the best kind of way I really uh, heard it was, Oh, Mike Valenti on 97 won a ticket said he is going to be everything to the uh, Red Wings, which Harbaugh should have been to the Wolverines. You know what I'm saying? But with, but yeah. with Eisman, Eisman comes with championships. He comes with mad pedigree. He turned a downtrodden lightning uh, uh, organization, you know, into winners. You know what I'm saying? So I think his resume stands beyond, beyond Harbaugh's, you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm so glad he's here, man. And, you know, it's raining today, which is, you know, I think it's raining uh, really hard today because yesterday was fire hot announcement. So it's just cooling down the Detroit area. But, you know, I think this is a turning point. I think, I think these players are going to look at their GM like this dude's a champion. You know, this dude is, you know, you know, a legend. This dude's a Hall of Fame player. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not taking away anything from Ken, what Ken Holland's done, you know, but when you have a player that's impacted his organization, the city like it has, and then left and impacted another organization, the city like like it has, like, you know, he, he still probably is going to be well-loved in, you know, Tampa Bay, but I bet you they understand why he's coming back to Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So, so to me, as, as someone who watched, you know, the Red Wings in that in that in that time when you know he was our cap, we had the we had the Russian five. You know, it is so special, and I think these players, these young players, man, are just gonna are just gonna be consumed by it, and it's just gonna make them that much better. Just having somebody of that, you know, magnitude standing next to them, you know, backing them up, getting their back. So, dude, this is. The best news we've had in Detroit professional sports in a long, long time. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see how the next few years go under his, you know, uh, leadership. Yeah. And, um, you know, touching on Ken Holland, like the, the Red Wings were very, very successful early on in his career. Like people tend to like forget about that because of how the last, you know, 10 years have gone. And, you know, not that Holland has done a great job in the last 10 years because he hasn't, you know. Like, he's a big reason as to why the Red Wings are currently in their predicament of possibly rebuilding. But he's also, you know, he also obviously played a big factor in them winning the last three Cups that they won. So, 
Yeah, when when Eisenman went to Tampa, like it was almost like an instant turnaround. And I don't expect that in Detroit. I do think maybe the Wings are a year or two away from being back in the playoffs or being competitive, you know? Right. So I'm trying not to like get too excited and I think Eisenman um, touched on that a bit in his press conference, which was smart. But, you know, the Red Wings, they have a, a really nice young core of players. It's the older players that kind of uh, have most of the money on the roster tied up in them and don't really produce as much that concerns me the most with the Red Wings roster. So, <clears throat> you know, I think it's great to have a, a fresh mind come in, a younger mind. I think he's 10 years younger than Holland. And, um, you know, he didn't run the Tampa Bay Lightning like a family, you know, which is kind of what Ken Holland has done lately with the Red Wings. It's like, oh, you've been around forever. Like, oh, we're going to give you all this and no trade clause and everything. And, you know, he's done that to a lot of uh, below average players. So I'm hoping that Eisman comes in and he's not treating it like a family, you know, like he's treating it like a business. I think I think you're gonna get that from him because I think, you know, he's seen it from that side where you know they get these you know these uh, these older players get these little sweetheart deals. You know what right. I'm saying? Because they've been with the organization for so long. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think he's been on the other end of that that spectrum as well as a player, seeing how it affects the locker room, see how it affects the on ice play, the competition. Right. So I think I I, I really think that. That he's gonna go at it from a from a different angle like that, and I hope he does. You know, you know what I'm saying because we we all get older, we all slow down, and there's always somebody you know that's younger that's gonna step up and is gonna do the job, you know, for their career. And then you know what, something's gonna happen, and then someone else before uh, someone that's gonna come in after them younger. It's it's just a cycle of life, man. It's, it, it happens, and I think that Eiserman's hip to that because he's seen it from both ends of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know, it's like a blessing in disguise for Iserman that the Lightning lost so quickly in the first round because, you know, he can come back to Detroit. He could get right to work um, now that the Tampa Bay season is over. And remember, like, Tampa Bay had 62 wins. That tied the 95-96 Red Wings for most regular season wins in NHL history. It's just that, you know, it was kind of, like, unceremonious that they – got swept by the eight seed blue jackets. But you know, like I I don't judge Iserman for the blue jack or um yeah, for the lightning getting swept by the blue jackets because you look at the roster that he built, the roster that he built won those sixty-two games. That's what I really take away from it. And you know, they did get to the cup, uh the Stanley Cup finals in twenty fifteen. I think they missed the Stanley Cup playoffs three times since he got there. Obviously they took out the Red Wings twice. So yeah, all in all, uh, I think it is going to take a few years, but that was just the best possible news you could have woke, woken up to yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, think about it. What what other good news have we gotten out of Detroit sports? Right. Like, in the last decade. Maybe Dwayne Casey hiring, but even then, like, you know, the Pistons roster is so suspect, and we'll get to that. Uh, when we talk about the playoffs, right. but yeah, like you said it, it's not just the best news for the Red Wings in forever. It's the best news, you know, maybe since they drafted Stafford or Sue or Johnson, 
the Lions, you know, like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you can equivocate it to that. Those guys are great players. And and I think that the question of are is there going to be uh, butts in the seats at LCA come next hockey season? And oh, dude, it's it's a yes. It's a it's a no. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, like there's excitement. Nobody was talking about the Red Wings, which is, you know, which killed. Red Wings are far and away the best franchise in Detroit sports. You know. Yep. The fact that everybody had kind of left them in the dirt. This, I've seen just in the last 24 hours, so much rejuvenation among the fan base. So I think there's going to be a lot of people eager to show out for the Red Wings, and they might not be winning next season. But, yeah, I think the stadium will be full, or at least fuller. Right, and most definitely. You know what? It's it's And, and, and it's, it's much needed rejuvenation to this city, especially in that area. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, when they when they put up the LCA man, they they promised all this stuff around it. You know what I'm saying? And you go, it's just like concrete. It's like just concrete jungle around it, man. And I just hope they, you know, I hope this brings more people there. I, I, it's it's definitely gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? I just hope that it, it continues. And this is not just like you know all this hype in the next two, three, four years. It's like what the fuck happened, Steve? You know what I'm saying? I hope it doesn't get like that. But but I. But I hope it brings more more to that, you know, that area and, you know, where the old cast quarter used to be. It, in Midtown, it needs it. It needs some more stuff there. But, you know, you know, is this it? I don't know because we also got the Pistons. So, you know, where they go from here, I don't know. But in in my opinion, I think I think the the Red Wings and the Pistons are looking to be in the best shape going forward. In the next few years, so it's just really, 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 I'm really curious to see how it all pans out for Stevie Y. Yeah, and I think the Harbaugh comparison is a pretty apt one, actually, because you know Harbaugh brought the Niners, who were kind of bottom feeders before him. He brought them to the NFC Championship game, then the Super Bowl, then the NFC Championship game again, and you know he was proven at Stanford and I believe it was San Diego State I want to say, um, <clears throat> so you know him. It, I think I see a lot of similarities between it. Um, I think Eiserman is walking into a situation where there's been less success than uh, what Harbaugh set, ha, is walking into. And I know like you know Hoke and Richrod weren't great, but you know. Hoke was still getting to bowl games up until his last season and still, you know, was winning between like seven and nine games. And then, yeah. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't really want to get too into the Harbaugh talk. So we'll just like stop. (laughs) Right, right, right. We'll save that when we're uh, struggling for sports topics this summer. (laughs) But Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's like a rejuvenation in the fan base. And I think, there are going to be more butts and seats and you know, I'm glad now that the lightning lost so quickly because the NHL draft is in, I think two months. This gives them enough time to really hunker down. You know, they got the sixth overall pick. I think they have three second round picks uh, and then like six more in the third round, something like that. So this gives him time to really prepare and, you know, hopefully have a really good draft his first time around. 
Oh, yeah, most definitely. And like you said, rejuvenation for the city. To me, the biggest thing is rejuvenation for, <clears throat> you know, the franchise, rejuvenation for the Wings itself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it was desperate, desperately needing some kind of lifeline. I think I think Steve gave him a little, you know, you know, shock with the paddles, and you know, there's there's a, um, a pulse back, and it's and it's getting a little stronger and it's a little stronger. And like we said, it's rejuvenation for the fans, rejuvenation for the city, rejuvenation for the franchise, but especially in, in my opinion, rejuvenation for these young guys, you know, who now have a legend leading them. You know, what I'm saying a Hall of Famer. A, a Detroit deity in, in in a lot of people's eyes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Probably a majority of people's eyes, you know? Yeah. So I think that's big for them. That's the biggest thing is these young kids, you know, we have young players and, and I think he's going to address those, like you said, he's going to address these older players with these little, like I like to call them sweetheart deals. You know, he's going to address that. I, I really do feel like he's going to address that because he knows, he knows what's, what, it, what that entails. And he knows, what building a franchise means. I, I think so, especially with his time down in Tampa Bay, you know what I'm saying? I think he's, I think he showed people that he kind of knows what he's doing. So we go from uh, some really good news out of Detroit to, um, you know, let's just say it as it is, you know, the Pistons in the playoffs are a joke, you know, game one, uh, that game was over basically, after the tip off, you know, uh, I was watching the national broadcast on TNT and, you know, the halftime show was Charles Barkley and Shaq and Kenny Smith, you know, and they basically just spent the whole time ripping on the Pistons deservedly. So, uh, game two, I thought, you know, for at least a half, the Pistons showed a, a little bit of pride, but still ended up, um, dropping it by 21 points, you know? So, yeah, I don't know where we want to go with this, but I'll just like say this. Usually when you see the eight seed versus the one seed in the playoffs, you know, it's like the one seed is kind of like the older group and the eight seed is more like young, up and coming, bunch of scrappers, you know, almost more likable. Even though they have a talent deficiency, they don't have a heart deficiency, you know. People want to look towards the um the Golden State Dallas uh playoff series in 07, you know. Right. It's like flipped with this because the Pistons don't just have a talent deficiency against the Bucks; They got a heart deficiency. They do not play with any heart at all. Like I've seen, uh, you know, just watching the playoffs the last two games, I've seen so many uh, loose balls that Drummond could have gotten with a little bit more effort that he just doesn't go for. Uh, you know, I've seen balls going out of bounds that Jackson could have gone for with just a little bit more effort. He doesn't. And the ball goes to Milwaukee. You know, this is just such an unlikable group of players. They're all just kind of washed out, overpaid, don't really have a lot of heart, really just playing for themselves. And it's a little different when Blake is there because at least Blake plays with the heart and, you know, almost like pride of Detroit. But without him, you know, even with him, we were looking at maybe a five-game series. But without him, they're just so – matched outclassed and you know you don't like to see an eight seed with less heart than a one seed but that's what we're seeing yeah and it's in it and everyone can say well blake's not out there to be honest with you i'm glad blake's not playing 
I want Blake to heal. Right right now, he is the face of our franchise. We can't afford it. As much as I didn't like the trade, the trade happened, right? <clears throat> so I got to look ahead and be like, okay, well, Blake still got a good three, four years in him. Okay, I'll give him that. So now we got now we got to protect him, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I got a problem with Blake not playing. What I got a problem with, like you said, is lack of heart, lack of hustle. I stopped watching um, the Pistons uh, playoff right j- just a few uh, days ago when Andre Drummond pushed uh, Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo on the ground and got a, a flagrant uh, one, I believe he got out of it. Yeah, it just blows my mind how you. You blatantly push this man on the ground and then go and try to help pick him up. Either got to be one of the two, right. Dre. You got to be one of the two, bro. You can't. You 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 can't get in someone's face. You know, act like you get to hit them, hit them, and then be like, "Oh, are we cool, bro?" You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it doesn't go like that. You got to be one way or the other. Right. And you talking about heart? You want to talk about a young core of players that are showing heart? Go watch the Warriors Clippers game. Those Clippers are, even though they're getting beat by 20, they're showing heart. Beverly is getting up in friggin' uh, KD's grill. Larry Shamit's shooting. He's getting chippy. These Landry, I call him Larry. I don't know why. Landry Shamit. But these young guys on that squad over there in the clip, the Clippers, Montrez Harold, they're showing so much flipping heart, dude. Lou Williams is coming off the bench. Young kid. You know, him and Montrez are putting up around 40 apiece. I mean, I mean, 40, uh, 40 to 50 points combined. Where, where are the Pistons doing that? Where are they showing heart? Not even leaving it on the floor. They, they, that's the biggest thing that pisses me off, Joe, and you're so right, is that, yeah, they don't have talent. Fine. Sometimes, dude, talent gets trumped by effort and heart. We've seen it happen 230 times before. We've watched how many years of the NCAA tournament were were damn near last seeds beat damn near top seeds? Right, we've seen we've it. Seen it so so don't tell me that these guys are NBA professionals getting paid a lot of money and they're, they're just like a uh, humdrum because oh we can say that oh Blake didn't play. That's bullshit. That's a cop out. It's a give up, and I, that's why I can't stand the, these Pistons. You're so right. They need to make a complete overhaul this this season and build around freaking uh, Blake Griffin. Right, and we knew it would be bad. You know, we talked about it on the last episode, um, and we talked about like, you know, maybe they can build towards something, but it's like a blessing in disguise that Blake is out because it's showing these Pistons for what they are when they don't have Blake. It's showing them as a bunch of frauds. And I love the fact you brought up uh, Clippers and Warriors because you look at those two rosters, you think Warriors and four easy. But the Clippers were down 31, and they stole a game at the Oracle on the Warriors' home court. Like, I'd never imagined – like, the fact that the Pistons were up by one at the half uh, the other night in Milwaukee, I was shocked, you know, because – Right now in the first round, there's always, like, multiple games on at a time, so I'm always, like, flipping back and forth, you know? And, like, the fact that I I saw the score and it was Detroit up by one, so I flipped to that game. And then just, you know, it was so clear in the opening minutes of the third quarter that, like, Milwaukee was just done fucking around. Like, they just took control like that. So, yeah, I'm – like you said, it's good – to have Blake out right now, like I know he really wants to play. That's just who he is, but that's your franchise player probably for the next three to four years. You got to make sure he 
can give you something next year because he played 75 games this year, which was his most uh, since he was like a younger player. And what's happening now? He's not playing. And like I said, it exposes them for what they are when they don't have a leader like Blake on the court. And it's just not a group of guys that can really do anything. Like they don't even – it looks like they don't even want to be there. Right. You know, I'm just here for the check, you know, just here to collect the check type deal. And you said it. You said it about Andre. You know, if you want to be Dennis Rodman, be Dennis Rodman. You know, be that player that other people in the league don't want to face, you know. Or, um, you know, name your bad boy. You know, if you want to be um, – shit, who was number 44? I know his name. Rick Mahorn. Yeah, if you want to be Rick Mahorn or you want to be Bill Lambeer, like, be them. Or, you know, be your version of them. But like you said, don't do that. And then, like, like oh, we're cool, bro. I'll help you up. You know, like, that's – yeah. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, after I saw that, I was like – Bitch move, bro. Bitch move. I'm done. I'm done watching these guys for the playoffs. I'm done. And and literally, I have not. I think that it happened uh, game two, yeah. right? That that from that point on, you know, they, they might play tonight, and I might check the score. I might intermittently go back and forth, you know. But I'm not gonna sit there and start the game off from start to finish. I'm not gonna do I don't, it. I don't think you know, many people in that stadium, honestly. Right. So. You know, and and there's and you know tonight there's a the Rockets and Jazz, and you know I'd I'd rather watch that because at least you know the Jazz are giving some effort against the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? You know I I've been I've been really watching um every single game of this uh, uh Blazers Thunder uh, Thunder series. What a freaking series, dude! They're throwing punches, bro. That theory that that is what playoff basketball should be. And I think I think so, a, a a part of me doesn't want to watch the Pistons because I'm not seeing that kind of playoff basketball. I'm not seeing that kind of, you know, take it to another level because it's the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? And, oh, I'm just irritated. But I'm, I'm, I'm seeing good basketball everywhere else. I mean, I mean, uh, Raptors and Magic are playing good, good games. The Nets are, give, uh, are giving a, a good series to the 76ers. Right. Celtics are running over the Pacers. You know, but it's the Celtics. They turn it on down in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I've been seeing such good basketball everywhere else except for the Pistons, dude. And it's heartbreaking to the point where I'm just like, you're not even going to watch right. it. Right. Yeah, better things to do and better games to watch. I, personally, I've loved watching the Denver-San Antonio series because those games have been coming down to the wire. And it's showing, like, you know, Denver might be a better team, but San Antonio's got that experience where, you know, every one of those players has been in the playoffs multiple years. And Denver, a lot of those players are in their first playoffs ever. And then also for me in that series, like I get to watch Gary Harris for the Nuggets uh, face off against Bryn Forbes for the Spurs, you know, two former Izzo guys. I love seeing that. Um, Yeah, there's just so much good basketball on right now. I feel like every series, you know, aside from maybe um, Milwaukee and Detroit and uh, Boston and Indiana, every series is really – interesting to watch even though houston's up two games right now there's some kind of story in those games you know like you got Harden, one of the generational type of scorers and mitchell is one of those up-and-coming type of players who could develop into being sort of what james harden is you know oh yeah most definitely i mean i think that's the best comparison you can get they're both i believe they're both six three six four-ish around there i mean they they, they both like to drive you know, I, I think that Donovan Mitchell is more explosive on his drives. He has longer arms, kind of more athletic. But, 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 uh, 
uh, Harden is a baller, bro. Harden is 100% basketball baller. You know what I'm saying? I believe I'm, – I'm glad Giannis got it because I'm a big fan of Giannis. I think he's the face of the NBA. I said it before. Mm-hmm. But I think Harden really deserved the MVP this season. He really, really put the Rockets on their back when uh, when CP3 was down. But, um, yeah, dude, that's a great comparison. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and um, – uh, James Harden because they're both they're both drivers when they can be drivers they're both facilitators when they can be facilitators they can both be shooters when they can be shooters you know I would like to see Donovan Mitchell probably facilitate a little bit more sometimes I notice that he kind of forces stuff um, but yeah it's a great comparison Joe and like you said there's good basketball going on you know you got the Blazers Thunders it's it's Lillard versus uh, you know Westbrook you got Nuggets and Spurs. You know, like you said, Forbes and uh, Gary Harris. I love. Uh, I also love my man Nikola Jokic. I think he's one of the best passing uh, uh, centers since Will Chamberlain. Um, Warriors and Clippers. Clippers are showing mad heart against you know the stacked Warriors. So everywhere you look, everywhere you look, it's good basketball going on, except for Indiana and Detroit. It is just uh, Indiana's you know, missing Victor. Oladipo. I'm beside myself. Indiana's missing Victor Oladipo. They're young best player in the league like for the season um right. yeah and i think russ versus dame that's like the best individual matchup in these playoffs that's that in itself is worth watching like the game could be a blowout and those two will be you know going at it like no other i loved in game two when um uh russ pulled up on lillard from like way downtown and missed and then lillard got the long rebound walks right up to like the same spot on the court and drills it yes. in front of Westbrook. Yes. That was fantastic to watch. Yeah, and, and like I was watching it with my wife. I turned around. I said, I watched my wife. I turned around. I said, watch this. Because, like, I remember uh, Westbrook drove, and Lillard kind of smacked it out of his hand, and it went to another player, gave it back to Westbrook. Westbrook shot it, and then they had to rebound it. And Lillard was kind of, like, flexing and yelling at the crowd, too. And right before uh, he, he crossed half court, you're right, he got that ball and just pulled up from, like, 38 feet and just, drained it in his in his uh face but yeah dude that those individual matchups i mean even 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 like uh leonard and uh what's that other uh white dude the number 33 i can't think of his name you know they're going at it they're going at it with uh what's his face you know adams you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm i'm loving the big guys banging down low too so it's like it's a great series to watch it's good basketball to watch entertaining basketball it just kills me that our guys aren't on that level man I, and i hope and I hope that maybe this this Eisman thing injects something into the Pistons as well. You know that you know they're roommates in in a sense. You know, <laughs> so I, I I hope I hope a lot of Pist, uh, Pistons players that know or may not know and look up Eisman and study Eisman see that wow they're bringing the Hall of Fame they're bringing a legend back. Maybe I want to be that for the Pistons one day. Maybe I want to be sought after to return as a GM for the Pistons, just like just like Chauncey was. Chauncey's head is uh 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 I remember uh Cleveland wanted to bring him in as GM. I think he went talk to the Pistons, he just didn't want to do it. He just says, Hey, you know, if I'm making more money being an analyst, and I have to deal with all the bull crap. You know what I'm saying? But I, I hope they take a they take a note out of uh Eisman's book and say, Hey man, I wanna be a legend. I wanna come back and be sought after to be a GM and and change this franchise around if it's downtrodding uh, later on in life. So um yeah, man, I just want basketball to come back to Michigan, especially Detroit. Yeah, let's let's move on to Star Wars, man. Um, did you cry? Did I cry? <laughs> um, yes. No. Um, 
don't lie, dude. I got emotional. I got teary eyed, man. It's the last thing, you know, this is, this has been going on my whole life, dude. And now it's coming to an end. It's it's in a way it's kind of like bittersweet. I, okay. Well, I did think about it like that. Yeah. Um, I did have hype face, you know, when I saw that it was on, when the trailer was released a couple weeks ago, I was at work and I kind of like snuck off to the bathroom and watched it. And then I came out and I heard some other people talking about it. So we pulled it up on one of our computers. Um, but, you know, I'm not totally convinced that in like 12 to 13 years we get another trilogy. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Yeah. Um, I just had hug face. Like, I probably smiled the biggest when I saw Lando, um, you know, Billy D back in the Millennium Falcon. That was great to see. Um, and then, you know, the line that no one's truly gone. And then, <laughs> you know, we hear, um, the emperor laughing that was kind of funny to me it's like you know it's like in the ant-man movies how they just kind of justify all their crazy science by putting quantum in front of every word you know it's like right i think jj abrams is just like well if i want to resurrect him i can and i'll just do it like this you know (laughs) um so definitely very excited to see it i loved uh the shots of like kylo ren stitching his helmet back together because I didn't like really the direction that they went in uh, The Last Jedi, really with anything, but especially with Kylo Ren, because I thought they had such a good starting point uh, from The Force Awakens. And then, um, yeah, um, looks like Luke plays a pretty prominent role, uh, even though he's now moved on from being a physical form. So, yeah, what were your biggest takeaways from it? I think the my two biggest takeaways, I think the biggest was, is the name of the movie, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. You know, what does that mean? What does that entail? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the, the last movie was what? The, the Last Jedi? Yep. What does that mean? What does that entail? Is it the last Jedi left and they're going to rebuild? Is it going to be no more Jedi? Is it going to be the rise of who at Skywalker? Skywalker. Is it going to be Kylo? Is, is Luke going to manifest a comeback, you know, something? Or are we going to find out that Rey is a Skywalker? You know, what does this mean? Is it going to be the rise of a good Skywalker? Or is the, you know, is Kylo going to be this evil Skywalker that takes over? There's so much that's in in the name of the movie, Rise of Skywalker, that it, that, it, that rises so many questions, raises so many questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, which way can it go? But I think the best part I got out of it, like you said, was seeing Lando back in the Millennium Falcon, and then you know, re- rewind back to Solo movie when he's like, "I want when uh, uh, you know, Donald Glover is like, hey, I- I'm gonna get my Millennium Falcon. I want my shit back." And, and and what does Han say? Over my dead body. Well, he got his shit back technically over his dead body. So I, I like I-, I like seeing that. Um. But yeah, dude, it just, I think it can go so many ways and the name of the movie just doesn't help with me trying to piece together the puzzle, you know what I'm saying? Right, and there's, you know, there's always going to be theories that arise, like, is there any uh, connection between Snoke dying and Palpatine coming back? Is, um, you know, just, there's, there's like so many theories that can rise up, but yeah, I think um, just seeing like Kylo Ren, you know, like body slamming some fool and like re reassembling his face mask, like 
I'm hoping that they're kind of like trying to make up for the sins of the last Jedi in a lot of ways because we've talked about it and it's just like there were so many ways that the last Jedi kind of went wrong. And you know, one thing that's kind of like small to me, but I think it made a big difference was just like just even the color of the font of Star Wars at the end. You know, it was blue and it like goes gray on the the backdrop of the the galaxy. You know, like this is, this is me just kind of nitpicking, but it's like when the text was red for The Last Jedi, it just kind of like stuck out like a sore thumb, you know? When I bought the DVD and the case is all like bright red, kind of like it sticks out from the rest of uh, the Star Wars DVD collection that I have, you know, like it just doesn't fit in <laughs> in that way and in a lot of ways. I think it's because your hatred for Ohio State, but go on. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but... Yeah, so it was a really good trailer in that it did its job and exciting without giving a lot of stuff away. Aside from the fact that, like, hey, Emperor Palpatine's back, um, you know, which is going to be like, how are they going to explain themselves in this one? But I'm not going to be upset. I'm not upset that Palpatine's back by any means. No, but I'm really curious to see where he's been, you know, because from from the rebels cartoon you kind of you kind of you got to find out what happens to Darth Maul you know what i'm saying so i'm really curious to see what happened to palpatine and was he, palpatine pulling snoke's strings was snoke just the puppet the whole time right. you know what i'm saying and it was just palpatine you know running uh, stuff behind the scenes kind of like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain you know wizard of oz type deal right. you know what i'm saying exactly. i could see them going that way too so a lot of different ways it could go um you know, JJ is back on this one. He wasn't really associated with The Last Jedi. And, you know, he did everything for The Force Awakens. So we'll see. I'm glad that he's doing it because he kind of, like, started the vision. And I know there was, like, some complication with, like, who was going to be writing and directing it uh, before. And now, you know, it's him. I'm glad he's going to be, like, completing it. Because I thought his Star Trek movies were pretty good. I uh, I never really watched Lost, but I know a lot of people... We're big fans of Lost, so you know. Oh yeah, I watched Lost. Lost was pretty. Lost was pretty damn good. It kept it kept me intrigued. Um, are you talking about the uh, the Star Trek movies with Chris Pine as Captain Kirk? Yep. Yeah, those are good movies, man. Those are honestly those are honestly good movies. I you know I can't say anything bad about J.J. Abrams. I really can't. Um, one thing though that I did read is that Star Wars. They've already said Disney's already said we're we got ten ten movies coming out in the next uh, in the next decade, you know, at, at least one a year. So I don't think we're not gonna we're not gonna see a lot of Star Wars anytime soon. I think especially Disney, man, they just acquired them. They just acquired Fox. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna see more X Men than we're gonna see X Men Overload. You watch soon with oh, that, yeah. but yeah, I think so. After this, right? So this is the last of the saga. This is the end of the saga. I know the Skywalker saga, right? But they're announcing that they're going to have 10 more movies. So what do you want to see in these upcoming movies? Well, I've actually heard that, like, the Star Wars movies will go on hi- hiatus after uh, this one is out. So I know I know, there's, like, the, oh. the TV shows and everything coming out, like The Mandalorian. Um, but, you know... Knights of the Old Republic. They want to make a Knights of the Old Republic movie too, so right or show. Um, so you know, any future movies that come out, um, you know, just want to explore more parts of the galaxy. 
you know, it's such a big galaxy that is far, far away and happened a long time ago. And it's all, you know, the saga has really been centered on one family and its kind of constituencies, you know, it's been really focused on the Skywalkers. So yeah, just kind of get out there, see what else, see who else is in the galaxy. Cause there's no shortage of possibilities. Right. And like, the last movie, last movie we saw that kid sweeping, right? And, you know, he kind of forced the broom to him. So we know that that it's out there. We know these people are out there. I kind of want to, you know, I, I wouldn't stray too much from the, from the uh, Skywalker saga too much because there's a lot more from the Skywalker saga that people really don't know. You know, Luke's kids, you know. I, won't, I would like to see Luke's kids come into frame because they're some of the strongest, you know, Jedis. I would like to see that. But will people really say, okay, well, then now you're just extending the Skywalker saga, you know what I'm saying? When it, when it could have been, you know, you know, you could have filled in holes between those uh, one through nine movies, blah, 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 kind of like Rogue War, you know what I'm saying? But then again, can you go back and, uh, and, and fit in more Rogue One type movies in between these, you know, right. that's what I would like maybe, to see. I, I, would, I would like to see them. Right. Maybe like a Knights of Ren movie too, because we, We've heard talk of the Knights of Ren, but we haven't seen them aside from Kylo and, you know, a quick uh, glimpse during Rey's vision in The Force Awakens. Right. So, so yeah, most definitely, man. I w- I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to watch seeing this. I might get, I might buy a bunch of tickets and maybe eBay them for like 10 grand like everybody did the end game. But you know, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see this. You know, I'm just gonna like wait a couple weeks and then go see Endgame. Like, I don't need to see it right away as long as it doesn't get spoiled for me. It'll be fine. Right, right, exactly. And you and you know, you know, I'm gonna have to like super scroll past people's posts because people are gonna be assholes and they're right. gonna try to you know post stuff without saying spoiler alert. You know, that's true. That's true. Um, maybe on our next episode we'll have a more clear picture of uh who's coming back and who's not for Michigan. Um, it was just announced yesterday. Cassius Winston will return for his senior year. Nick Ward declared for the draft and hired an agent. And just based off of his language, um, seems like he is intent on staying in the draft and not coming back to Michigan State. Um, so, you know, we'll try to have Mike on and talk about who Michigan could bring in to replace, you know, Matthews. Uh, Charles Matthews said he definitely is staying in the draft and then we're still waiting on solid commitments from Iggy and Poole. And then, yeah, like I said, Winston coming back, it's huge, but, you know, kind of expected for Michigan State. Right, right. And like they, like you said, they have, they're going to have a link for comeback. They're going to they have, um, you know, Rocky Walks coming in. You guys got some, some solid teams coming back, uh, solid players coming back next year. It's going um, to be another one for the books, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, you know, we'll get to that in our next episode. And um, I'm guessing that the Pistons will be done playing by then, too, because um, I'm just assuming they're not going to win a game this series. <laughs> uh, you're probably assuming very correctly, Joe. But, <laughs> you know, s- something could happen. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, until next time, uh, I think that covers it. I think it does. All right, then. Well, uh, thanks for listening to Beers Parado, everybody. Happy Easter to you, all of you and to you, Sasha. Happy Easter to you and everyone else out there. All right. This was Beers for Radio.
I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. Thanks for listening. Later, guys. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar. Handmade, dyed, screen printed, and sewn products like hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. 100% original designs. This is a self-made small business started locally by Ypsilanti native and a good friend of mine, Farbar Bagarpur. These products are high quality, groundbreaking, best fashion possible, and will ship to you as soon as he can do it. Visit far-ebar.com to check out the next great addition to your wardrobe. Do it for me, do it for the beards, do it for my man Farbar.